Sean, this is our mid-season break, and we had a very interesting thing happen on our last released episode. I know we are a little further on recording, and this was recorded, what, like, 10 months ago? 8 months ago? Something like that? I would almost say a year. Jeez, it's been that long. Yeah, we've been holding on to some of these recordings for a long time. But I just wanted to follow up on with you and see what you were thinking as far as what has happened and a little bit about the story. And then maybe you can tell me a little bit about Rythen itself. When I put out the ad for Wyvern's Aria, I was looking for players to come in and create this story with me. This idea that we can all come together and, and be collaborative at the table and take this premise that I set up and create these archetypes and so on and so forth. So when you knew I was putting up this game and we knew each other prior to putting up the ad for Wyvern's Aria, what was your initial thought process? What made this world click for you? One of the main draws was that um, my biggest genre that I like is mixing fantasy and sci-fi together. Mainly if like sci-fi, like after a catastrophic event, something happens and then people think that the science is magic is my biggest thing. When you were talking about this, I'm like, hmm, sounds like an interesting, I'll apply and see what happens. Yeah, have you ever played Rifts before, the uh, tabletop RPG? Or even the online MMO that came out later? I knew there was a game, but I played the MMO for a couple of months. Yeah, uh, Wyvern's Aria was kind of built on that premise, this idea that there was this catastrophe, a dragon appeared, caused this huge uproar, and then two sides were at war with each other. And you were sort of tasked to create this character within the world of Wyvern's Aria itself. This character that hopefully had depth to it, knew how to interact with the world, and ultimately you created Rythen. So what was the main motivation for Rythen? I, I think I played with you in three or four games, perhaps. And I believe seen four or five characters, and Rythen was the most developed out of all of them, I think. You really put a little more efforts than the other characters I have seen you make. What was your motivation for him? It really wasn't a lot of motivation. I was actually going to make a sci-fi character, but I was the first one to... You're like, what are we all making? And then you said my name, and I kind of just said, I'll make a wizard from the fantasy world. Kind of out of a moment. Then I'm like, well, what have I not done before? So that's where Rythen came from. Yeah, I've never played a wizard before. Oh, I played wizards. I played wizards and druids. So you picked the class first, then? Yeah, I picked the class first. And where did the character of Rythen grow from from simply the class? Because he is very unique. He's a tiefling. He seems to be into the tech part of things. We established him as a... In, he is interested in oddities. So so after the class, okay, I'll pick a class. Sweet. I'm a wizard. Well, there's a lot of subclasses of wizards. What do I want to be? Yeah didn't really pick a subclass at the start kind of just went with wizard and then from your previous games i know you do um what are the what are they called like uh, i can't remember but tieflings asimars uh plain touch you do plain touch differently than most gms i've dealt with so you're like a human let's play human but during this incident he somehow turned into a tiefling 
So now he's a first generation tiefling. Let's see how that plays out. And then from there, I kind of just was watching Dick Tracy. And I'm like, eh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a detective before. So let's just go with that. So then he became a detective wizard tiefling. Which is oddly fitting for the setting, I would say, especially with some of the tropes going on that we have between your character and other characters within the party. Part of character creation, though, was I required everyone to research certain archetypes for the characters so we could have a diverse party. These archetypes are the optimist, the cynic, the conflicted, and the realist. And ultimately, you drew the card cynic. If I remember correctly, I think you were one of the last people to pick. I was. You thought that it fit the character well. So what was your thought process about that and how did it ultimately affect your character creation process? So I pick, or I was, I don't know if I picked Cynic or if it was just given to me because it was the last one. But so I'm, we've already established that I'm a wizard, tiefling, and kind of playing a detective. Well, Cynic worked out perfect. And then I was watching a video on Assassin's Creed and the assassins <laughs> are always like, never believe anything, always, you know, research it. So I'm like, Let's go with it. So that's how that came out. It's such an interesting approach to me when I require players to pick these tropes. Many people view the cynic as kind of this almost rage emo trope that they just don't care about the world or something to that extent. Rythan has more depth than those sort of characters. Not saying those characters can't have depth, but you ultimately just decided to approach by him questioning everything. Where do you think that idea came from? It came a lot from my background, like as a engineer. I mean, why do things work the way they do? Things just don't happen. We may call it magic or miracles, but stuff happens for a reason. So that's where that came from. And Rythan ultimately blends realist and uh, cynic, but he tends more on the cynical side. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have gotten to see Rythan explore that cynicism very much yet? At least up until the point of the release recording, which is Rythan observing disaster amongst Oswald and the city of Mesomola. I would say near the beginning of it, of the story, like when they first met everyone at Mesomola, but it, things just started happening kind of at a quicker pace and uh, haven't seen too much of his cynical side. Yeah, it's interesting. In our next recording sessions that, that you've participated in, we've slowed down the tempo quite a bit. Almost a little too much, in my opinion. We'll see how, how editing goes, but we have created this time where everyone has gotten a chance to think. Do you think his cynicism will show up more? Oh, yeah. Rythan's premise is based on observing and um, calculated risks. In the beginning, it was all just a hectic, what are we doing? Why is this happening type of thing? But in the later episodes, he, he tends to slow down more and think and he understands that things always are going to go wrong. So he always tries to find the least, let's say, casualty amongst his actions. 
So if we were to take the trolley problem, he would pull the lever and kill the single person over, letting the five die. Correct. Interesting. It's always a interesting question to ask people about the characters. Without hesitation. Which is very much what Oswald did at the end of the day. We saw Oswald sing this tune and was able to somehow go into the jaws of the dragon and make the dragon disappear. I don't remember who created Oswald, but he was kind of this quirky dwarf who ultimately had a lot of secrets. We know he was aging much slower than than Rythan or anyone else in the world, even outliving certain elves and elder cultures. And we had a flashback where he put a lot of that on meeting a dragon when he was very, very, very young. I know I created the dragon storyline as far as he was concerned. I ultimately created what is going to be known as the Wyvern's Aria. But I can't remember. Did you initially come up with the idea for Oswald? I came up with the idea of Oswald, who was um, a researcher who found Rythan. And then I gave you some little bit of backstory about and who Oswald is, but you uh, flushed him out more. What do you think about the relationship between those two characters? You were traveling for a little bit. Not not very long. I think it might have only been like a year or something like that. But do you think Rythan really connected with Oswald? Yes. So do the events that uh, happened when Rythan was young. Um, kind of ha- didn't have that figure in his life. So when the accident happened or when he became a tiefling and people were kind of shunting him about it. Oswald kind of found him and took care of him and showed him the way, a different path to follow in life rather than, um, let's say, succumbing to his demon side. Rythan has always kind of put people with a two-foot pole. We kind of see that in his earlier relationships with Bavette, um, not really even allowing her to heal him. I think we had a scene where you guys came back prior to the destruction of Mesomola and... Everyone was talking, trying to get healed, and Rythan kind of locked himself in in a closet. We make the bat joke. It was I understand it wasn't actually like a closet, but, you know, you locked yourself up and kind of poured yourself inward. Do you think Oswald would have been able to, to break that barrier that Rythan put up? I would say Oswald is one of the three people that uh, he would have allowed in to, to see his uh, true self without balls and defense mechanisms running. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting idea of creating these characters with these natural defense mechanisms. It's a really good approach to creating a well-rounded character. So I applaud you for that. Sweet. <laughs> so ultimately, Oswald went forward and prevented the destruction of Mesomola. You, or at least the assumed destruction of Mesomola, What was your reaction to his sacrifice? I think he did it. He was like in his pajamas or something, walked out the door and was like, well, I guess it's time to to move on. So with Oswald being like one of three, I think it's three or four people that he knows who Oswald really is. uh, It was was a big hit to him because he just lost a fourth of people that he trusted most of anything in the world that he knew he could rely on without a doubt. So it was a pretty big shock. And one of 
Oz, or not Oswald, but one of Rythan's uh, other conflicts is more of an internal conflict between his human side and his demon side. And Oswald helped him stabilize that very thin balance between the two, which is why he has some of the weird self laws that he follows. I think we've seen that in one of the episodes. Yeah, not not attacking women. I think was the big one, yeah. the big party uh, <laughs> party issue. And I think they called me sexist or something, but yeah, that, that's one of the his codes that he follows is it's to help maintain his that very thin balance between uh, human and demon. Mm. And when Oswald decided to be selfish and save everybody else who doesn't matter, <laughs> he kind of gave up on that struggle. And then when he did so, the the demon half kind of decided, hey, it's let's go. And he took over. Rythan lost control of that demon half. And this is actually an idea you provided me after we recorded our initial ending. So the ending to the mid-season was originally going to be the singing, Oswald sacrificing himself, and then we we cut there. And then maybe like a couple days later, you messaged me and it's like, I have this really good idea. Can we incorporate it? In next recording se- session, we took the first 20 minutes and ended up tacking it on to the end of our mid-season finale. Why did you make that decision for Rising to lose control? But ultimately, that scene was your choice. You came up with that idea, not me. So what was your thought process? So when I make characters, I don't like to... I'm not a big fan of making very in-depth like background stories because we're all level zero. We're just the typical townspeople just starting off on our journey. So kind of like to leave it a little blank or a little vague on certain details. And I don't like to make an ending of my characters because I like to evolve with the story. I mean, you saw that with one of my earlier characters with you. Mm-hmm. Completely didn't go the way I think it was going to go, but it was actually good. It was a good ending. So I'm not, there's no reason to be sorry. It was pretty good. <laughs> right then, I decided I needed to give a little bit more parameters to, otherwise it might be completely different than the, the parameters you gave us at the start. So Rythan has like three endings that I picture. One human, one demon, or one dead. And then when <laughs> Oswald died, I'm like, you know, this is a good chance to show that the, the party members that I have this conflict happening on the inside because it's really hard to demonstrate that. So I'm like, let's just do this and let's see if <laughs> the GM would go for it. His players turning into a pit fiend is little far out there so we'll see how that goes i have found that i'm very lenient to these sort of things but you know i'm glad you asked and then it's like how would the party feel you know that they're walking around with a ticking time bomb that could turn into essentially a general of the demon or devil's army and completely wipe them out and take their souls would be an interesting aspect too yeah what do you think brought Rythan back to his normal self? We had this thing where Casey was trying to run away with his vans and trying to escort his team out there, the motorcycle shop. Arnar was about to engage in battle. Samson, the high priest Samson, was trying to participate in a ritual that may help subside the demon. 
and Vivette was trying to coax you back into the right headspace, I guess we can call it, if we can consider Rython's normal headspace the right headspace. But ultimately, it was up to you how we resolved that scene. I don't think I had any rules for it. Not that I can remember, at least, but um, what was that reasoning? I liked how also you snuck in a fireball to kill off some of the bad guys prior to turning back as well. I needed to do something cool as a pit fiend. (laughs) So I'm like, we'll just throw a fireball in that direction. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, that was that. I just had to do something as a pit fiend because who knows if I'll ever be able to do that again. So I don't think Samson's ritual was going to work because essentially they're two different bloodlines of tieflings. Mm-hmm. He, I believe, was... I think we knew he was a Mephisto tiefling. Mm-hmm. And I'm an, of an unknown bloodline to him. I don't think the ritual would have worked because the way I picture demons and devils is kind of have to know their true self before you can contain a devil. And since Samson didn't know anything about me, I don't think it would have worked. Because that's the premise I'm going off of uh, with Rythan is... Uh, to control devils and demons, he has to know things about them. Or they work for his boss. So, we can't tell Vivette this, but it was actually Vivette that prob- brought him back from destroying everything. You think it was her emotional connection to the situation? No, it was the fact that he just reminded Rythan of some. She reminded Rythan of somebody. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty magical moment. The whole 20-minute sequence of Oswald running into the dragon, Rythan turning into the demon, and then having to physically bring him back somehow. But during I this... will say I was worried. I didn't know how the party was going to handle this and if it was just going to end with me being a pitmint. And then be like, well, I guess it's time to make a new character because that one just decided to go AWOL. I, uh, I had something written for that after okay. you pitched me the scene. We'll talk about it off the mic, but... <laughs> At least you oh. had something, because I didn't have anything. <laughs> ah, I paid for the art. We had to keep the character just around a little longer. <laughs> Oswald introduced something called the Wyvern's Aria, and I remember very early in our group, we had people in our group. I don't remember if you were one of them, but Alex was definitely one. who oh, we did. Me. It was we had did, no idea what the hell you were talking about. Didn't know what aria meant, and aria is a song, and I think it's common knowledge, but apparently it's about 30% of people don't know what aria is. So yeah, Common knowledge knows? for a music person, yeah. My wife is not a music person. She knew it. Anyway, off topic. <laughs> uh, we learned that Wyvern's aria is has music spread throughout the entire story. What what did you think about Oswald introducing this tune? And I believe that this is the directest connection to the Wyvern's Aria within the piece. I know we have some background tracks that introduce some elements of it, but throughout the actual storyline, this is the first moment. What, what sort of was your reaction to that? What do you think of that? As a player or as myself? The player and yourself are the same person. And you- Plus. You're, 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 okay, Sean. Yes. What do you think of this um, this story point? 
I thought it was a good introduction into exactly what is the title of this game called? Wyvern's Aria. <laughs> what Wyvern's Aria is. <laughs> I haven't dissected the song too much, so I can't give you like a personal feeling of the song, but I thought it was a good introduction to it. Yeah. I think one of the more interesting storylines once Rythen kind of gains his bearings again will be to figure out this oddity. Why did Oswald... Why was Oswald attached to a dragon? Why did he know this song? And what that all meant. I personally am looking forward to seeing, you know, maybe not led by Rythen, but definitely the party should be interested in it uh, after they resolve the current issues I threw at them. So about that, Rythen, uh now his main objective has changed a little bit. If you ever read his journal, you'll understand what that meant. But I haven't read the journal in a while. Uh, he's more interested in the dragon background than he was previously. Oh, that's good. Uh, the story is about dragons. Surprise. <laughs> and why Oswald decided to kill himself for people. I might bring him back just to kill him myself. <laughs> But uh, let, let's move away from Wyvern's Arya a little bit. What is Rythen's connection to his party? We have seen some interesting character interactions. We talked about the vets a little bit. So we called the lizard a lizard and we call the human a thief. And we kind of get that almost play. Sorry? You said the lizard a lizard? You mean the dragonborn a lizard? Yeah, the dragonborn a lizard. And the... And Casey, a thief. What was your thought process between that and making those decisions? Uh, part of it, I'm sure, was to get under the skin of the players ever so slightly. But uh, what? Why that decision for the character? It's uh, so the the broad stroke is that it's a defense mechanism for him. He doesn't want to get too personal with people uh, because he doesn't know the outcome of his internal struggle, and he doesn't want to be responsible for killing innocent people. So he tries to keep them away and giving them nicknames that counter that counter them is just one thing that he's picked up when he was younger. So that's that's the reason for that. Yeah, it, it kind of dehumanizes them a little bit. Uh, the thing with Vivette or uh, Vivi is uh, her player and I have played previously in a game. Mm -hmm. And we have we usually get some pretty unique antics going up between us two. And when we were making characters, uh, she said that she was going to make um, an Azimar. And uh, Azimars are the complete opposite of Tieflings. Mm -hmm. And this is this is part a little bit of gaming the system, but it's kind of hard to do this type of play I was going to go with without it. Is uh, Rythen's a Tiefling, she is an Azimar. So naturally they're going to butt heads. But he can't go too far because he can't hurt women so there's that awkward interaction between the two and that's that how that that's how that one came out dragonborn it, he's just a lizard <laughs> and casey is a is a funny human who who fails a lot at everything except shooting people <laughs> true very true it's interesting vivi as a nickname is not dehumanizing though it's almost like playful and and innocent almost. Well, words like thief and 
lizard could be viewed as an insult. Yep, it's just one of those things. Vivette's vet uh, has some aspects that remind him of certain people. Mm-hmm. So his nickname for her is not really meant to keep her away. It's just to get under her skin a little bit. It worked. <laughs> I know it did. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, is there anything you are looking forward in the game in the future? Um, I'm really enjoying some of the inter-party relationships. Uh, I, I wrote this epic quest. It's going to be an interesting storyline to explore for sure. But what what interests you the most? And I know we took a, a quite a long recording break and we are just getting back into it the last two months or so. But, you know, there has to be some mystery that calls to you. So on a gaming side, um, the I really enjoy the players. Uh, the problem I have with like D&D or these role-playing games on the internet is they seem to fall apart after a while. <laughs> um, True. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's missing that element you get together with your friends in a living room and half the time it's, you know, joking around and the other half is the DM trying to reel us all back in so we can continue the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems missing, to, at least to me, for the online stuff, which I think is one reason why a lot of my games seem to fall apart. But the group seems like a pretty solid group. I mean, we all came back. Uh, we're all looking forward to continuing the story. What I'm looking forward to is uh, how the group is going to look or view Rythan once they fi- figure out more about him. Because right now he he trusts Arnar mainly because Arnar is from the Fantasy Island. That's really it. He views him as a simpleton who swings a big sword around, so he's good at that. Which he is. Really, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Casey's gonna be fun to play with. Casey reminds him of a young teenager who who thinks he knows everything, but in reality he doesn't know anything. So he he likes to play around with Casey a lot. Although I'm sure Casey thinks he's being mean to him, which a little bit he is, but mostly it's just for his own amusement. Mm. And the interaction between BB and Rythan is going to be a little bit more interesting as uh, the good old tale of good versus evil. Even though Vivi's not a good character, she's evil, mean. And Rythan's the good character? And Rythan's the good character. <laughs> yeah, we, we get to explore that gray area quite a bit. I think we have three major story points coming up. We have the mystery of the dragons. We have a lot of questions about that. We have the elves dying off because magic is... The abundance of magic doesn't exist in this world. And is up to... You know, it's either could end with all the elves dying out or something else. And then we sort of have this minor plot line with uh, two major corporations, the Creed Corporations and the St. Clair Corporation, and their influence throughout all things, even amongst the fantasy side. What do you think of the direction the story is going? Any of these plot lines entice you? I think we have all three characters, all four characters participating in these three major storylines in one way or another, at the very least. So, intellectually, the dragon one is more interesting to Rythan, because you know the dragons brought him here. So what's going on? Uh, 
But on a player side, I'm liking the fact that um, if we continue to use magic, we're going to kill a whole lot of people. So as a wizard who likes to throw fireballs, I'm having to adapt to more of a pistol and a whip play more than just carelessly throwing around giant fireballs or walls of fire around. Yeah, I'm waiting for the moment that Casey meets an elf for the first time and then does magic in front of her. And so this person can theoretically just slap him. How dare you? I would love, love to see that happen. Yeah. Because um, Casey's magic is more like, hey, look at me, I'm a magician. Yeah, like, here's my parlor trick. And then here's my fireball. Catch. Yeah. <laughs> I think when he first made the character, he was going to do a different subclass. And then throughout the story, he ultimately changed to Arcane Archer or Arcane Gunner, I guess we can call it. But yeah, that his Casey exploring magic and watching Rythen use more powerful magic is incredibly interesting dynamic. I think Casey and Rythen are probably the most polar opposite. Uh, Casey picked Optimist as a archetype, so I guess that makes sense from a purely a character creation standpoint, but they are connected by the simple idea that they both are learning to use magic from an intellectual standpoint, not just a spontaneous natural standpoint. I'm hoping to do some scenes with Casey in the future about learning magic, if he takes more magic because I want to show him that Rythan's magic isn't necessarily... It's half and half between uh, intellectual and uh, demonic power. Mm -hmm. And I've said it before in earlier episodes, but I don't think anyone catch, caught on. Is that one... So the, there's a feature in one of the classes I have that absorb, you know, black mist comes up and I gain temporary health points. Mm -hmm. I'm also taking that as I'm absorbing their souls. So I have soul coins in my pocket. I don't think we referred to it as soul coins before, Not but yet. yeah. Well, no one's really <laughs> asked too many questions about it. I don't think they they picked up on it. But uh, so like when I summon other entities, I give them soul coins in exchange for their help. So I'm kind of interested in uh, giving Casey some coins and having him do a bargain to learn some magic. Yeah. See if he'll take it. I think Arcane Archer gets the ability to magically curve your shots eventually like level seven or something and uh, we unless he specifically takes wizards levels which i don't know if that's his intention or not we haven't talked about it since prior to our hiatus but it'd be interesting to see perhaps a scene coming from that new ability and we'll talk about that more when we hit that level but yeah i really like the, the mystery of the dragons, I think. Well, I mean, I built the whole storyline around it, right? So yeah. <laughs> this that is, you know, main, main plot for the party to participate or ignore at their whim. I think we got a good group in front of us, and I really appreciated your efforts to come in and make this character. And I know we always have, we always jab at each other that, I'm the, the artsy-fartsy person, and you're not. But mm -hmm. uh, I think you're a very creative person when you want to be. So I can set up a scene 
but the actual details of the scene, I have screw it. I'm lost. <laughs> well, so. I'm here for that. Good. I'm going to need your help. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to speak to me about Wraith and Wraith, and it is so fascinating to me, even though I did not let him fly yet. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you ever wanted. <laughs> but Took I get... the variant I... tiefling just to have wings, and you're like, no. Maybe later. Fine. I'll just have tattered wings and pretend I can fly. <laughs> I think uh, I gave you one of your odd requests last two sessions ago, I think it was. And you only have uh, three more odd requests to go. Ah, great. I want all your uh, upgrades for your characters are almost purely cosmetic. Because, you know, that. I think I think the party just got their new magic gear. That's one thing I forgot, yeah. is uh, Rythan's build is purely based on his internal struggle. So... It's not a very optimized route, that's for sure, but if he leans more towards one, he's more human. If he leans towards more to the other, then he's more of a demon. Yeah, I, I love this idea, and I'll harass our party members about it, that uh, this is not supposed to be an optimized game. You're supposed to create characters, not necessarily optimized builds. And two people played fighters, which is arguably the most optimized class in the game. Uh, purely because you you can't optimize it so easily and so readily and i think they did it because it's a clean slate as a fighter you're not really limited to any particular backstory you get to create something from scratch a fighter can be a holy person be a sailor it could be a, a thief it could be anything it wants to be well you know clerics are generally limited to their religion but still ultimately pick the most optimized class for them and i i give them a hard time for it sometimes well you're right it's very it's a very clean slate you can take it in many different directions exactly that's i i like to play fighters for that reason uh, maybe not fifth edition fighters but uh, other games no not fifth edition great anything else you want to talk about uh, are you playing any other games that are cool enjoy anything else i know you're a big warhammer fan Ah, get that right. Warhammer 40k. Ah, yes. But yeah, now I started a new job, so I'm quite busy. And I haven't been playing much of anything. Hoping to get you in a game soon, but I gotta get through the next couple couple weeks first. But yeah, that sci-fi game, but you picked a horrible time. Saturday? No, I thought you for the sci-fi one? Yeah. I thought that was like Thursday at 9 o'clock. Saturday at like 11 next week. Oh, we're starting next week? I mean, it's, it's for a session, but... Well, we could talk about that later. Yeah, uh, I'm so <laughs> confused. For now, uh, thank you for this conversation, and I think we'll check out... This podcast is copyright 2020 by Scald's Tale Entertainment, LLC.